the future of technology-aided wellness. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Jeremiah Aoyang, industry analyst and founding partner at Kaleido Insights. Welcome, Jeremiah. Thank you. So explain what uh, Kaleido Insights does and tell us about your role there. Kaleido Insights is a research uh, boutique and we are based in Silicon Valley and we look at how new technologies impact companies and society. So technology, I want to, I want to talk about a specific area, right? Yeah. Of, of where we're at in technology and that is um, technology aided wellness. It's a mm. very hot topic right now. What's happened in wearables, uh, in the wearable space this year? And where do you see wearables going in maybe the, the whole of 2020? They're surrounding us. The wearables are surrounding us. Whether, and I'm sure the folks listening or watching now are wearing maybe one or two devices, whether it's a watch or a ring, or you might even have AirPods or something, Amazon's release glasses and everything. So, but it's not just wearables, it's the things around us as well. This includes Alexa or, or even smart bed. Apple acquired Bedit. And the big trend here is that the tech industry is now coming to the inner space. They've digitized the physical world like media, logistics, and everything outside. Now it's coming into our bodies. And in particular, they're looking at four areas that we've segmented in our research. Mind, body, our communities, our relationships with others, and then physical spaces around us. And it's all being digitized. So let's talk about something specific then. The cardiac EKG, for example, uh, captures lab grade, although limited, right? Uh, heart health data that our doctor or cardiologist can use to maybe um, ramp up a diagnosis or a treatment. Will we see lab grade functionality in wearables, bro? So I was just meeting with some healthcare professionals that come from the health space, not the wellness space and not the tech tech side. And, and they had some criticisms around the quality of data that we're seeing from the consumer side. So here's the difference. Uh, the lab quality stuff is very specific and very high quality, and they can get echocardiograms down to how the ventricles are moving in your heart. The Apple Watch is not doing that. The, um, um, the Fitbit is not doing that. But they are getting other types of data on a continual basis. So the difference with the tech wellness space is there's Big data is being generated, constant data, versus m many people only see their doctor if once a year. And so there's a significant difference on the amount of data. Now, the, the AI masters can take a look at the data and derive insights using the big data and then compare your data to others. So it's a different way of getting this information. So um, it's a different approach. It's a different strategy. So what data and privacy issues arise then with all of this health data oh, streaming throughout the internet? Well, I'm sure like everybody else, we all read the terms of service. No, none of us do any of that because I don't have four hours to read the terms of service. So we're, we're unfortunately just at the whim of the tech companies on who we trust. Um, and, and this is a concern. We don't really know where some of these third-party data apps are going. This is a bigger conversation beyond on wellness. So this is a concern. However, uh, companies do have to abide by the HIPAA regulations and any legal re regulations that are occurring. Um, but it's still, we still don't know. And in other cases, 
we can still get data around your body, around if your face flushes or the micro expressions on your face, we could analyze this actual video. And there are tools that I've observed and that interviewed the companies that are doing that, that can get information around your moods, Tanya. <laughs> and, and, and they could analyze this. And this is just public data and out in the open domain that's not even on your body. So I think we're in a gray area where it's gonna be very hard to tell what is real and what's not and what's public and what's not private. So of the four areas you mentioned a moment ago, which offers the most promise? So we've looked at this in a number of ways. Right now, the, the segment that's been funded the most has been the community space, on-demand services for wellness, but I don't think that's where the highest growth is. I think the highest growth will be on the mind side. Let's just back up and, and look beyond technology. Right now, society is stressed. People are working too much. Um, life expectancy actually in America has gone down slightly. Uh, people are just so consumed with the news and politics and then concerned about the economy, where even if it's high, it, people are stressed. And so we're seeing a rash of new startups emerging, both software, both training, both hardware devices that measure and help you focus your brain. And, and we are even seeing HR departments pick up some of these strategies and deploying them even with their own employees to help improve engagement and productivity. So I believe that mind is going to be the next area of focus. So with the growing suspicion regarding social media, how, how might that affect the community aspect of health tech? It, so in many of these conferences that I attend, whether they're focused around purpose or mindfulness or tech or business, the general consensus right now is that social networks are like the new cigarette. Um, it's addictive and it's not good for you. Um, in fact, um, these tech companies have been criticized for using the same techniques that the the uh, Vegas industries on gambling are doing with variable rewards and which the slot machines do. You never know when you're going to win. Same thing. You never know when you're going to get a like, you got to look for it. Oh, you get an alert. I got a like, and that actually induces a dopamine hit into your brain and the scientists and the psychologists at these social networks that they actually employ know how to trigger those things to have maximum engagement. So you are constantly addicted and going back to these things. Um, and, and it's broader. It's not just the social networks, it's phones in general. So we're seeing a number of devices and even features emerge where we can disconnect from these devices or reduce using them or terms like digital detox or Apple launch screen time management. So we're seeing this funny thing happening where the tech industry is trying to self-regulate uh, when it's made such a successful product. So what trends and signals should maybe business leaders watch for on the technology aided wellness front over the next year? Yes. So some companies now are actually tracking, let's just talk about it in two ways, both employees and then consumer side. So employees are starting to use mindfulness techniques. And so, and for example, Headspace, which is a popular mindfulness meditation app, they have an enterprise a license with the NBA. So the, the word is out that people are meditating or being mindful. It's, it's not some strange uh, bohemian hippie thing that's done in San Francisco only. It is mainstream now, there, there, it's everywhere. So people are waking up to how this can improve the employee experience. And so companies are getting behind this and offering it as a benefit. Um, and it's ironic that they use technology to help humans become more human, which is kind of the, the, the thrust of my research in this space. And, and then secondly, on the consumer side, uh, we should expect a, a rise in tech wellness as uh, technology being adopted in a recession. 
right now the NASDAQ and, and Dow in this last few years has been at its all-time high, but that never lasts forever. And what could happen, especially in America, is people lose their health care coverage. So who do they turn to first? They're going to turn to the social networks and the technologies and devices and apps that are in their pocket that they trust and they sleep next to, literally. So that will be the trend. In a recession, we will see significant increase of tech wellness, not just for the mind, but also for choosing diets and fitness because it's, it's always there. Um, it's inexpensive. And here's the interesting part. There's no judgment. It's just a device. There you go. Jeremiah Al Yang, industry analyst and founding partner at Kaleidio Insights. If somebody wants to connect with you, Jeremiah, maybe they want to uh, find out more about your work. How can they do that? I'd say on Twitter, and I will definitely uh, look for your responses and tweets. I'm at J Al Yang, my first initial last. Sounds good. Thanks again, Jeremiah. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching. 